it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Episode number 63 of Unformidable, where we take a look at some of the less heralded Mets in our beloved franchise's quirky history, because to us, every player who dons the orange and blue is in some way unformidable. So today, I have for you this week another somewhat anniversary-themed podcast. Today, I thought we would focus on an unusual and memorable individual Met achievement, uh, the anniversary of which just passed very recently, as I'm recording this at least. Ten Mets have hit for the cycle in the franchise's history, a relatively high number given the length of the franchise, uh, how long the franchise has been in existence. Uh, for sake of comparison, the Cubs have had only 11 uh, and the Yankees have had 15, despite being in existence, uh, in the Cubs' case, 80, 90 years more than the Mets, and 60-plus um, for the Yankees, or 60. And of course, there is something a little bit random to cycles. They're roughly as common as a no-hitter. Uh, the, the numbers are similar as far as how many cycles there have been in history. Uh, but when you look, in addition to newer franchises like the Mets, relatively new, uh, the Nationals slash Expos, and the Rangers have each had as many as the Cubs have, with 11 cycles in each franchise's history. Looking at the Mets in history who've hit cycles, there are an assortment of very good players in there. Uh, some of them are a surprise in a way, because they're 
not really noted for the speed one would associate with a cycler, but for my money, the most random Met player to hit for the cycle was a one-year wonder of the 2004 Met season, uh, Mr. Eric Valent. Eric Christian Valent was born April 4th, 1977, in La Mirada, California. He was an All-American baseball uh, star in Canyon High School in Anaheim, and in fact was drafted out of high school in the 26th round in 95 by the Detroit Tigers, but chose not to sign and chose to move on to play ball at UCLA. This turned out to be a wise decision, as Valent excelled at UCLA. And I mean really excelled in an individual and team uh, capacity. He was college teammates with notable future major leaguers on that UCLA team, such as Troy Gloss, Eric Burns, Garrett Adkins, and Chase Utley. But even among those future MLB stars, Eric Valent stood out. In his three years at UCLA, he set the Pac-10 record for the most home runs in Pac-10 history with 69, set a UCLA college record for RBIs with 219 in his three years at UCLA, and he and his other luminary teammates helped lead UCLA into the 1997 College World Series. Of his collegiate career, as he was preparing for the draft, Valent perhaps prophetically said, college baseball is fun, but it's a little deceiving because of aluminum bats. If you hit home runs in college, you aren't necessarily going to hit them as a professional. And while Valent flashed a great hit tool and power in college, it of course never quite materialized on the major league level to the extent it would have been hoped for or that many people foresaw for him, for he was highly scouted and draft very high uh, in the supplemental first round, 42nd overall by the Philadelphia Phillies on June 2nd, 1998. And it didn't immediately seem like home runs with wooden bats would be a problem for Valent. He hit over 23 straight seasons in the minor leagues from 1999 to 2001 as he progressed from high A up to triple A. He was under the average age at each level, posted an OPS in the mid-800s at each level, and you know perhaps was eclipsed uh, by some other players in the Phillies organization, but he was considered a future potential piece of the Phillies outfield, perhaps not quite the number one, the former number one overall pick, Pat Burrell, but it was expected that Valent would be a part uh, of a future Phillies outfield with Burrell. They had those kind of hopes for him. Uh, but despite that draft pedigree, Valent's development really kind of stalled, and he seemed to be more of a quintessential quad A type player. He received three separate call-ups in the 2001 season, making his MLB debut on June 8th of 2001 as the Philadelphia Phillies DH in an interleague game in Fenway Park, batted seventh uh, right behind Burl Burl in the lineup, and he went one for four. In his fourth at bat, he got his first major league hit, a ground ball single between first and second. Probably would not have been a shift now uh, a hit nowadays. Probably would have gone right into the shift uh, off of then Red Sox closer Derek Lowe in the ninth inning of that game. And Valent would struggle mightily in his first stage of Major League action, and he was up and down 
a lot, so it's not like he had a long stretch of play. He had three separate uh, stretches with the team in June, July, and September, and he would go only four for 41 on the season. Uh, He recorded one RBI on an RBI double off of Hideo Nomo uh, just a couple of games after his MLB debut. But Valent definitely got eclipsed in the system. He would get in only seven games for the Phillies in 2002, and he didn't perform as well in AAA as he had when he was trying to make his way up through the minors. Uh, He wouldn't even make the Phillies roster at all in 2003, uh, spending the entire his entire 03 tenure with Philadelphia in their minor league system. And at the August 31st waiver deadline, he was traded to the Cincinnati Reds for Kelly Stinnett. Valent got in 18 games as a Red, recording his second career Major League RBI, but otherwise struggling again. He entered the 2003 offseason uh, playing in parts of three Major League seasons, but accumulating only 100 plate appearances over 47 games with two RBIs and an OPS plus uh, in the single digits. The star was off his development and in the offseason, the New York Mets grabbed him from Cincinnati in a minor league draft in December. 2004 for the Mets, of course, was the second year of the ill-fated Art Howe regime, as the Mets were still trying to recover from the end of the more successful Bobby Valentine era, and really trying to recover from the ill-fated veteran acquisition, move on, Roberto Alomar, Jeremy Burnitz, let's buy washed up vets and try to make these good days last longer years of 02 and 03. To me, those years kind of had a, had it felt like a bit of a redo of the early 90s. Um, I, mean, I guess it wasn't as bad of a crash as the worst team money can buy, but, you know, maybe it's because the 80s actually gave a championship and fonder memories. Um, but, for whatever reason, 02, 03, those are a couple of my least favorite years as Met, as a Met fan. I mean, I just felt like I knew how bad they were going to be right from the outset. I, I you know, just thought all most of those acquisitions, uh, aside from Alomar, which of course seemed brilliant, were horrible and just felt like I saw the car crash coming and I didn't understand the optimism that we were being peddled or some people had. At any rate... Uh, while 05 was the more dramatic transition year to more successful era with Willie Randolph and the new Mets of Carlos Beltran, 04 felt like it was going to be a transition year in its own right. Of course, it takes a while for the Mets to transition sometimes. But, you know, it was a, it was a weird year. Mike Piazza would play more first base than catcher. A fine young man named David Wright would make his major league debut later in the year. And the Mets would take a flyer on a former first-round draft pick named Eric Valent. That's the problem with players with pedigree. When uh, when a player who you know is not very well heralded gets off to a hot start, I think it's easy to write it off. But Valent performed pretty decently and flashed some power. Uh, had a, had a really solid overall 2004 season, and it was kind of easy to talk yourself quickly into a, wow, we might have uncovered a real gem here with this Eric Valent. That, of course, was not meant to be, but on July 29th, 2004, Eric Valent would have a Met Day for the ages. But before we get to that, you know, the man was only 
had only had two RBIs in his major league career and 100 plate appearances. So let's look at a little bit of Valen's journey in 2004 and some of his major league baseball firsts. He made the opening day roster and was clearly going to serve largely as a pinch hitter, going 0 for 5 in his first pinch hitting appearances in the season. But in the sixth game of the season against the Montreal Expos, a game that was played in Puerto Rico, as uh, I think that was when the Expos were kind of a lame duck franchise and they were trying to get some attendance, uh, leading off or in the first inning, Cliff Floyd uh, strained a groin or a, well, he had a leg injury. Uh, trying to leg out uh, an infield single. Uh, so Valent came on to pinch run for him and stayed in the game. Uh, with the Mets down one nothing, going into the top of the sixth, Todd Zeal hit a sacrifice fly to tie the game, and Valent in the game in Floyd's lineup spot uh, hit his first Major League home run, a two-run shot that would score himself and Kaz Matsui, and giving the Mets all the runs they'd need in a 4-1 to one victory. Uh, so April 11th, 2004, off of LeVon Hernandez, Eric Valent, first career home run. And while he wouldn't play every day uh, with with Floyd uh, suffering a, an injury, Valent would get more starts in the outfield and still serve as a pinch hitter and had some uh, started to produce. After a three-hit game in Arizona on May 9th, starting in left field, he actually had a 314 batting average, 549 slugging, a 966 OPS through 28 games and 51 at bats. And yeah, the Mets were careful to employ him mostly against righties, but um, you know he started to start to get that hope, like oh maybe we've uncovered something here. Blunt would continue to play semi-regularly, uh, mostly at the corner outfield spots and some at first base as the Mike Piazza at first base experiment clearly was not having some growing pains, shall we say. And while he certainly didn't collapse, Valent uh, certainly came back to earth, and you, know, you could kind of see why a couple of other organizations had already given up on him. But he still uh, flashed some power, had some big pinch hits. He, he was a very good pinch hitter, particularly in July and August. But, of course, he is most known for a game in which he got a start in July and produced very incredibly. Now, prior to July 29th, 2004, um, seven Mets had hit for the cycle in the franchise's history. While it would take 50 years for the Mets to record a no-hitter, it was only a year and a half before a Met would hit for the cycle, as Jim Hickman would hit for the natural cycle uh, recording a single, a double, a triple, and then in his last at bat, a home run at the Polo Grounds in 1963. The Mets wouldn't have another cycle until Tommy Agee in 1970, uh, the first by a Met Etche that I'm aware of, I believe. Uh, Agee, of course, as I said up front, a lot of these players are good players you would expect to cycle from, and perhaps more pertinently, uh, someone with the speed uh, that would, you would associate with easy to record that triple or easier, uh, traditionally the hardest piece of the cycle to record. Next utility infielder, Mike Phillips in 1976. Given that he had only 11 career home runs, you would have to consider his cycle fairly unlikely too. Uh, Phillips wasn't a hot stretch though. He hit three 
of the four homers that he hit in 76 on the very week that he hit the cycle. Uh, and he did have speed leading the team in triples uh, two years in a row at one point. Phillips was in the rare position of needing a single to complete the cycle when he came up in the eighth inning, uh, which I believe he bunted for from what I've gathered online. I don't know if anyone remembers it or can confirm that. Next, Keith Hernandez. Again, not known for speed, but Keith did get 19 innings and a rain-soaked field in which to record his cycle in one of the most memorable games in Mets history. Uh, That was followed by Kevin McReynolds in 1989, and then Alex Ochoa, who flashed at least two of the five tools that he was reputed to have in 1996 to record a cycle. And finally, before Eric Valent, somehow John Olerud achieved the feat in 1997. I was going to make the joke that I was worried what might have happened to a fielder in the field of play in order for John Olerud to actually have recorded a triple, but it turns out that John Olerud had 13 career triples, four for the Mets in 1998, and John Olerud is one of the rare players who hit for the cycle twice in his career, once for the Mets in 97 and once later as a Seattle Mariner, so he really made the most of his triples. And after Valent, uh, Jose Reyes and Scott Hairston uh, also recorded cycles for the Mets. But enough of that. July 29th uh, was Eric Valente Day. Eric Valente of the negative 0.6 war, according to baseball reference, would have a day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was an afternoon game at Stade Olympique in Montreal. A Thursday getaway day before travel, so Art Howe decided to give Cliff Floyd the day off and penciled Valent into the seventh spot in the lineup in left field. Uh, with the young rookie David Wright batting in the eighth slot behind him that day, so perhaps it was that David Wright protection that helped him out. This was actually David Wright's eighth career game at July 29th. He had come up uh, on July 21st uh, and hit his first home run of his career in the first game of that series on July 26th, a 19-10 Mets loss in Montreal with Rocky Biddle starting for Montreal against Al Leiter in the top of the second after Mike Cameron hit a two-run homer to stake the Mets to a 2-0 lead. Valente would hit a sharp ground ball that Expo's first baseman Nick Johnson got a glove on and knocked down, but uh, threw late and a little wild to the pitcher trying to cover. looked like Valente would have beaten it out anyway, and Valente got credit for an infield single to start his day. 
In the third inning, you would have thought it was going to be Mike Cameron's day, not not Eric Valenz. He hit his second homer of the game in the top of the third inning, uh, giving the Mets at that point a 4 nothing lead. Valent would again follow that up. Uh, real true game of inches baseball. There's a great video compilation on YouTube of the game that you can find and watch, or Valent's portion of the game, all of his at-bats. All of, and uh, Valent lined one the other way uh, that the Expos left fielder, Turnell Sledge, just missed catching, dove and short hopped it, and a hustling Valent got to second for his second hit of the game. In the top of the fifth, with Sun Woo Kim now pitching, uh, Mike Cameron just walked this time, uh, missing an opportunity for a third home run, but he did not need to worry, because Eric Valent would follow that up with a long home run to right field. It actually hit a speaker in fair territory in Stade Olympique, uh, so according to the ground rules, uh, I think there are fair and foul speakers as Gary Cohen explained, but it was a home run, uh, giving the Mets a 7 to nothing lead and giving Valent through five innings and three at-bats, a single, a double, and a home run, and Howie Rose perhaps somewhat sarcastically noted that all Valent needs to do is figure out how to get a triple to hit for the cycle, and he would indeed figure it out. With one on and one out in the seventh, this time facing Roy Corcoran, Valent lined a ball down the right field line, and he basically just didn't stop running. I mean, Valent was not a slow player, he wasn't a burner, but uh, again, watching this video from the game, uh, he is just running, it looks like, as fast as he possibly can, and it looked like there was no chance he was going to stop, even if he was going to be out by 20 feet at third base. Uh, but the with the ball down the right line, and with Ty Wigginton trying to score, the relay throw went down the down the right field line to first baseman Nick Johnson, who just, you know, perhaps not being aware that Valent was a triple away from the cycle, uh, clearly was shocked that Valent was even running to third, uh, saw that Wigginton, he had no play at home, but by the time he turned to third and threw to third, Valent had slid in safely. And, and yeah, in the call of the game, Howie Rose questioned, he, he assumed they would score at a triple since that was kind of just a mental error and there was a throw to try and get Valent at third. Uh, and it wasn't that he exclusively took third on a, on a throw home or on defensive indifference, and indeed it was scored a triple, and Eric Valent had recorded the eighth cycle in Mets history. And for good measure, future captain David Wright would double over the center fielder's head in the next at-bat to record the second RBI of his major league career, plating Eric Valent with the eighth run of a game that the Mets would go on to win 10-1 over the Expos. And now that I think about it, Maybe it was all Eric Valent's fault, now that we're thinking about the trading deadline. By it, of course, I mean that the Mets' 10-1 victory left them 49-52, six and a half games behind a Braves team running on the fumes of its dynasty, uh, but more importantly in fourth place in the NL East, also behind the Marlins and the Phillies, and they're even further out from the wild card. They're actually tied for the 11th best record in the 16-team National League that year. Yet, the day after Eric Valent hit for a cycle, the Mets executed a couple of 
ill-fated, not well-regarded deadline trades, uh, trading uh, Ty Wigginton, which uh, was kind of to be expected uh, since David Wright had just developed Jose Bautista, obviously not a big prospect at the time, but went on to have an amazing career, not to the team he was traded for, traded to, and Matt Peterson in order to acquire um, Chris Benson and Jeff Kepinger from the Pittsburgh Pirates, and perhaps more infamously, uh, the Mets turned around and traded their first round draft, former first round draft pick and highly regarded young left-handed pitching prospect Scott Casimir for Victor Zambrano and Bartolome Fortunato. Hopefully whatever the Mets do at the trade deadline this year in 2021, if anything, will be better, turn out better than this, but at least they'll be making a trade when they're legitimately in playoff position and not making a desperate run at an unlikely playoff spot as they were then. The team, of course, would not make the playoffs or even make a push. They traveled from Montreal uh, after that big win, that cycle-fueled win, and as always seemed to be the case in that era, promptly got swept by the Braves in Atlanta at Turner Field, ending any faint playoff hopes they had, and only now they didn't have prospect Scott Casimir. At any rate, uh, August was actually a good month, though, for Eric Valent, who hit three pinch-hit homers in the month, and he and David Wright would team up again uh, to an extent quite memorably in an August 19th game in Coors Field in Colorado. With the Mets trailing 2-1 in the top of the eighth, uh, Valent would pinch hit for reliever Ricky Batalico and launch a home run to deep right center to tie the game at two. Then in the top of the ninth, Wright would hit what I believe is the first game-winning home run of his career uh, in the top of the ninth, a uh, two-run homer to stake the Mets to a 4-2 lead. Obviously not a walk-off on the road, but the Mets would close it out. Uh, Mike Stanton would close it out, giving the Mets the 4-2 victory. The Mets, of course, would fade badly down the stretch. Not that they really look like they're going to make the playoffs, but they were 49-52. and 52. They finished... Uh, 71 and 91 that year. Lent would have a decent year, though. 13 homers, 34 RBIs, uh, 267, 337, 481 slash line in 130 games, and 270 at-bats for the 2004 Mets. Uh, 818 OPS, 111 OPS+. plus. His defense did leave a lot to be desired, though, so though he was good for 0.9 offensive war, he, he gave a lot of that back on defense, and he only had a 0.2 war in 2004 for the Mets. He played 28 games for the Mets in 2005, getting 50 more plate appearances. But much like the first few years of his career, he struggled mightily and recorded only one more RBI as a New York Met. On May 27th of 2005, he would start what would be the last game of his major league career. He would bat eighth in front of Pedro Martinez, uh, who threw a one nothing, uh, got a one nothing victory over the Florida Marlins. And in what would turn out to be his last major league at bat, uh, Valent would double uh, over the center fielder's head uh, in the seventh, in the eighth inning, excuse me, against the Marlins. Brian Moeller. 
couple of days later, Valent would be sent down to AAA Norfolk, and he wouldn't make it back up to the majors with the Mets. Uh, he was released after the season, spent part of 2006 in the Padres organization, uh, played in AAA Portland before they released him in May, and he played in the Japanese leagues in Nippon in 2006 before retiring. Pretty much all of Valent's uh, career came with the Mets. I mean, he played two years with the Phillies, one with Cincinnati, but again, just 100 plate appearances, 93 at-bats, uh, as opposed to his season with the Mets uh, with the 130 games, 270 at-bats for the entirety of his major league career. 406 at-bats, uh, Valent hit 13 homers, hit 234 with a 307 on base, 389 slugging, and a 686 OPS, good for an 81 OPS plus, and a negative 0.9 war. Since his retirement, Valente has stayed in baseball for the most part. In December 2008, he was the hitting coach in the Phillies organization, uh, was eventually reassigned to scouting, and he spent the last few years in the Marlins org as an amateur scout, which I know because Eric Valente is on LinkedIn, which delighted me to no end when I was researching this podcast. It's kind of hard to beat seeing a standard LinkedIn line item, which read quite literally, professional baseball player at baseball. Uh, dates employed, July 1998 to September 2006. But for a surprisingly solid 2004 with the bat, punctuated with an incredibly memorable, historic baseball achievement on July 29th of 2004. Eric Valent is, and will re- always remain, unformidable. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Unformidable. Please go to AmazonAvenue.com for more Mets-related content. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find this and all of our Amazon pods wherever you get your podcasts. Original music by Bunga. I'm on Twitter at WolfRR, W-O-L-F-F-R-R, and the show is at Unformidable. Thank you, and as always, let's go Mets.